Hello, and welcome back to Magical Girls Gone Canon, where Girls Gone Canon is watching Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. Yeah, this is also sometimes called, what, the Infinity Arc or the Mugen Arc? I feel like people just love... I don't know, throwing in Mugen, which I guess means infinities, mm -hmm, into mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. anime arcs. Like, I know that there's the Mugen Train arc in Demon Slayer. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't do the Demon Slayer, but that's good to know. Interesting. If you want an anime that has animation budget, where there is a budget behind it. It's that, huh? It has a budget. <laughs> a that's lot. That's so interesting. And no shade, no shade, because I really love Sailor Moon Crystal. I definitely have some complaints on the animation. I am now an animation expert. It's taken, you know, two, three episodes here, but here I am. Uh, but I definitely have some, some like, happy things, but some complaints, too. But, but I like it all the same. I mean, I, it's all the same to me. I love Sailor Moon. I'm fucking Sailor Moon trash. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know your recommendations on, like, high-budget animes. Like, if you want to watch some animation porn, like, I watched... Uh, there's, I, you should watch this. You would like it. It's called Bell. It's on HBO Max right now. It's on Max, whatever. Uh, if you are in the States, I don't know if that's the same everywhere, but it's a beautifully animated, like, Beauty and the Beast kind of story, but also, like, Megan, not Megan, but, like, kind of androidy, kind of crazy world, uh, VR world, basically, going on. And it's really interesting, but so beautiful. Like, the animation alone was, like incredible there was obvious miyazaki influence there was obvious influences from other really great pieces it it kept my attention even though the plot sometimes wandered a little i haven't watched it yet i Watch have it. seen like i've seen it around especially like you know on airplanes sometimes it'll show up there i'm like cool cool and then i'll add it to the list but then i'll fall asleep which is great you you know sleeping on planes is important oh yeah and yeah. i don't know that i have like a great huge exhaustive list but we can talk about it a little like i think you know what you said a lot of the times some of those movies because it's a shorter amount of time right like they can put that into it yeah that makes sense we are so excited to have you here for sailor moon season three part one yeah there's a spoiler for you gonna drop that spoiler first this is part one because yes we will be covering part two in a separate episode next month so stay tuned to your feeds for that episode but this is such an expansive series this final series of sailor moon crystal we wanted to do it justice i think it'll be worth it for another episode i don't know eliana yeah i absolutely love this season as i have stressed over and over and i think there's just so much for us to talk about and to dig into which is part of why we split it into two episodes but also as a warning for spoilers, we are not really, we'll hint at things from future seasons, so that means like Sailor Moon Eternal and Sailor Moon Cosmos, the fourth and fifth arcs of Sailor Moon, but we will not be discussing those. How however, we suggest that you have watched the entirety of season three of Sailor Moon Crystal before coming into this, because we are going to discuss moments from the entire season we are doing full spoilers up until the end of season three and we're about to spoil the entirety of the original anime season three too yep that one's new that's our new spoiler policy original anime it's fucking over it's it's been out it's for years. been Please out watch it. it's been out for so for long. a really <laughs> long time in the way that like i can't be uh, mad at people for spoiling i don't know 
like not not that I've been watched all the movies, but like Lord of the Rings, right? Like it's been out for yeah. a long ass time. So thanks for listening to part one and enjoy. And we'll be back next month with part two. And yes, we will be moving on to covering Eternal, right? Covering the movie that came out. So we'll give you more details next episode about what to expect for Magical Girls Gone Canon moving forward. And we have no idea when Recovering Cosmos because we don't know when it's coming to international release yet. And we're very sorry for misleading any of you for the past two episodes on that. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, if you're following us just for the Sailor Moon episodes, my God, are we that infectious? Because I, I just hope that you're your joint A Song of Ice and Fire fans. We do, we do a lot of A Song of Ice and Fire. But if you're here just for Sailor Moon, that's fucking awesome. Welcome. We do in a Song of Ice and Fire podcast where we follow those books POV character by POV character, chapter by chapter, not from A to Z. No, sir, that is not your series one, series two, series three, series four. I'm talking, we go series seven all the way back to series one, series Z, series Z11. Yeah, we're kind of crazy, so. Yeah, I guess we are a little crazy like that. Yeah, we weird. We're so fucking, I don't know, IDK. IDK. But. <laughs> IDK, but you know, a lot of things are different this season, which actually I kind of it's interesting that, for example, the original Sailor Moon anime, until the very last season, they kept the same opening theme song, which I think was standard mm-hmm. back in the 90s. But someone decided somewhere down the line when it came to anime, let's change the song every season. And I like that. I think that's very fun. Oh, I love that. I fucking yeah. love that. Hey, House of the Dragon even kind of embraced those season changes, right? Of like changing the opener when big events happened in season one. And I don't know, I like the interactive. I like the the opening changing with the seasons, the song once in a while changing. The song change in this season is amazing. It's uh, tonally amazing. I actually, first of all, no offense to Moon Pride. I like the song way better. <laughs> okay. I like this song way better and also we get what three ending credit songs which Mm -hmm. is extravagant (laughs) i think it reflects a little bit more and i think this season in general or series or whatever the fuck this arc you want to call it in general reflects more maturity than the previous two arcs there are really big sacrifices being taken you know you end what series two with pluto right and pluto's great you know bye bye i'm dead haha And then you open series three with the reincarnation and the girls themselves come to be the inner senshi start having to make these big choices. And they're confronted with a lot of these big choices we're going to talk about. And I think the maturity is reflected in the song. The song is a little slower, more serious, still romantic. And the new intro and title cards are imbued with so much more romanticism and kind of some beautiful like femininity and also at the same time strength and like action and darkness in bringing the outer senshi in and Hotaru and Chibiusa. It's interesting that Usagi's kind of painted more like Queen Serenity in the title card. She's more mature, and you get more of that motherhood plot and those decisions through the season. And the new age of scouts that we're going to eventually someday see join in, maybe, no spoilers. And, like, she draws a lot of strength, right? Like, very literally from Neo-Queen Serenity. And, Mm -hmm. and how like Chibiusa also like talks about Neoqueen Serenity passing along those lessons and also how a lot of it is paving the way for 
that future and everyone's like it's okay we know we make it to the future and uh, and i don't know do we all take that for granted but one of the criticisms that people had had in the past of those first two seasons was the pacing it does also very much literally adapt the manga so does this season but the pacing is better. I don't know how to explain it. It just feels better. We get, like, for example, way more of Mineko's, like, silly personality, which I love. I love her and Usagi's friendship. And Chibi Usa also, I mean, there's just more humor in this season mm-hmm. than I think there were in the previous ones. Like, the start of episode two with Chibi Usa's facial expressions, hilarious. Very good. She has a couple of other hilarious ones as well. But I will say there are some things that I miss about the original 90s anime, which is different from the manga storyline and i think they might have been coming out simultaneously that might be why like for example first of all the design of the like daemon eggs that they would implant people with i think that you know it's cool that they have like flashy stuff to make them cool and like darkly sparkly in this one but i just like that in the original anime they looked like scary elongated mangosteen which is a great fruit i cannot explain to you how it tastes it doesn't it is incomparable. It is like one of my favorite fruits ever. If you look at the inside of a mangosteen and then you oblongate it, that is what the Damon eggs looked like in the OG anime. Chloe, are you Googling it? I just wanted to make sure it was what it looked like in my head, and it was. It's like a white butt in a shell, and it it's <laughs> yeah. like a gelatin super butt. But it, it's true because it a lot of the OG anime... And I think a lot of that also has to do with budget, right? Budget and, and also technology. like- And technology, exactly. Like they didn't, it wasn't just like 4K CGI all day in the 1990s. Some people may think it was, it was not. It's a little different for animation in the 90s and they had to make that work, right? And so some of the things that they made almost felt more eldritch and raw, in my opinion. Like, I mean, if you mm. look up the mango scene, you'll see it's, it's almost like it could be living inside of the sea- like a deadly sea cucumber inside of a shell. Or yeah. You know what I mean? Like It that, like looks that's so scary. visceral. Yeah. It looks so much grosser, and I like that about it. It's too polished, is our complaint. No, I'm just kidding. The it whole just looks show. Like a, it looks <laughs> like polished. a very dark energy-ish, as opposed to like scary thing that invaded your body. Yeah. There's a little more of that raw body horror going on, but I, I think that it makes up for it in a couple of other spots in the season. There's actually some great stuff with some emotional body horror going on. We'll talk about later that, you know, I had some negatives about some of the animation that actually I think we're going to disagree on. So we'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be a spicy episode. Yeah, but coming back to the original anime, I think there's a couple of other things that like, there's some some faults that the original anime has, right? Like, obviously, it is of its time. And I think that there's like, it's not... There's some like weird parts of how they handle, I think, for example, Makoto ha- showing attraction to Haruka, mm-hmm. which feels tonally off from what we got in both the manga and the current anime. Um, but I mean, it was the 90s, which when you think about it, it was 20 years ago now. Yeah, that's really interesting. You bring it up and, and you think about, we talked a little bit about Makoto and kind of that duality of personality with Makoto, right? A couple, Was it the first episode we did? I don't know. There's something interesting of, like, the original anime very much, especially in the dubbed version, very much made Makoto out to be, like, such a tomboy and, like, very, like, masculine when she does, like, some masculine things. But as we see, like, in kind of the manga in here, 
you can see that she actually has like a very feminine charm to her. She loves plants and planting and, and she loves baking and she has all these also soft things about her on top of that. So it's interesting they translated that in the original anime instead. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't remember if they translated it in the original anime or not, but I know that there was like, I don't know, Usagi was like confused about Makoto being like attracted to Haruka, even though Haruka is a woman. And I'm like, it's it's just funny and strange considering that the storyline in both the manga and Crystal is that it's Usagi who has this very, very prominent flirtation with Haruka. And well, and that's what I mean is like the, yeah. the manga obviously says Usagi and then they took it and they're like, what if we had Makoto do that instead? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, they just needed something to fill up all of those time <laughs> slots and sell toys, you know, for 40 episodes in one season. But well, and it's not even like just that, right? Like some of it is really it's such a 50-50. A it's like a very double-edged sword because it's like... It is a double-edged space sword <laughs> blaster. The, the villain of the week thing going on is... And, you know, it's like a concentrate. Like, all of this is concentrated down. It's the best parts of the anime and the all of the manga, but concentrated down into, like, such a concise beat-for-beat. This is what happens. Here's the villain. They die tomorrow. Bye. Next. Bye. Next. Yeah. And while... The villains are important, right? Our girls are important, in my opinion. Our ladies, our uh, inner senshi, our outer senshi, all of them, they are very important to us. But I don't know, like, we still need something to be gripping about the villains of the week. And there are some really great moments where, you know, like, I think Ami's character is like, she has a great opportunity always. She gets put into these, like, education pressure kind of villain duos right where they're like you're stupid i'm smarter than you you can't beat me the pressure is gonna kill you idiot and she's like oh my god i'm breaking down but she always gets out of it hopefully that's like an easy pairing but i want more of the psychological like breakdown of that and so when you condense these villains of the week down you also still lose some of that growth for the inner senshi and the outer senshi too uh, the Outer Senshi got a great balance, so I actually, I, I would nix that. The Outer Senshi got a really good balance of plot, which is maybe why that Villain of the Week and Inner Senshi suffered a little, but... Well, they know that the Outer Senshi are fan favorites, and how could they not? They're all baddies. Oh my god, um, baddies. Baddies, baddies. Love them. But, love like, them. that's part of why, you know, season three, like, this arc is, I think, my favorite. But it's, I think it also, like, when you're talking about deepening the villains, I think that's one of the reasons season three was, like my favorite of the original anime as well because you were talking about the body horror stuff it was a really creepy season right there's something <laughs> just like very scary like underlying and unnerving about the season in a way that i thought really works as you you know find out like oh there's something inside this little girl what is wrong with this little girl right and then the lore of what's going on with pharaoh 90 and and mistress nine but also they had there were some changes as well in terms of how the villains operated mm -hmm. like again the mangosteen eggs and then they also like had the talisman functions like those all like worked a little differently as well in terms of like the talismans would bring out the holy chalice somehow but also destruction and like there, I'm, I'm, I'm going off of memory. I didn't rewatch the original. Sorry, everyone. Mm -hmm. But then they had like this blaster thing, or like they would, someone would literally just rip out in a way like people's heart seeds, and it was really, it was really like invasive and 
good. It was uh, it was the, <laughs> it was the, the so bits good. about the vesselization, right? Like that they were taking yeah. heart seeds to grow humans to vesselize for their brand new version of their utopia dystopia they're making. So, oh, they were hunting the talismans, and like the heart yeah. seeds would like become like pure heart seeds would become the talismans or something, right? Yeah. Oh, right. And then the pure heart seeds were inside of. Chibi's, the, the outer uh, sen- and- no, they were inside no, the, outer the outer senshi. senshi. The outer senshi's pure heart seeds turns out were the talisman, and they didn't know that. They mm-hmm. didn't know the talismans they were searching for the whole time were inside of them. I'm sorry, I just like spoiled this entire thing for anyone who's planning on watching it, but it's a lot of episodes. You don't have to. Eliana can do it for you. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good, and then but they false. The I end- do remember they falsely think it's Chibiusa and Hotaru. I think at one point, isn't that? Like they, they, they go through them. everyone. Yeah, they go, they through, go through every literally single one. Everyone, even fucking randos. They're like that rando. That's the <laughs> fucking pure art scene. Um, I'm like, what's her- really? I think Naru is one. Isn't Naru one? Maybe I don't know. She, but probably she's always she's, she's always, always a one. victim. That poor bitch. I'm glad they kept Naru out of being a victim in the series for the most part here. Yeah, I think at the end they have like the holy chalice is comes from instead of like the three of them together it comes from like sailor moon's heart seat or something like that i i mm-hmm. could be totally mixing this up everyone i'm sorry but like no it's and then she like shoots that. herself with the blaster i mean so do the other outer senshi but then she like pulls it out and she's just out there very <laughs> vulnerable with her heart seat like her literal soul out there as she jumps into the abyss and then comes out like with her grayed out eyes right because her soul isn't in her body with a fucking baby and it was so badass i'm sorry that was iconic yes and that's actually like that's probably my biggest complaint in the plot condensing going on it was like they didn't take anything from the anime obviously but that was i mean that was huge it made that sacrifice at the end mean something and there were moments where like it definitely was still great it was still hardcore. Everyone did their bit, but there were moments like that where the leverage and like the emotional like great stakes weren't there for me it was just like another yeah. battle against a baddie that they're lucky yeah things kind of turned the tables in the middle but they, they're lucky and things are moving so i don't know some of it uh, it's like i wish i could have a between like just a little bit yeah a little bit of the anime just a little not a lot just a little <laughs> as a treat but like yeah i think i understand that it's not what I'm describing is widely, wildly different <laughs> from the goal of Crystal and this adaptation, yeah. which was to give a very faithful manga adaptation. But I think they could have, like, I don't know, they could have stretched more stuff in there. Like when you talk about, for example, the outer senshi and how they were out there all alone defending, like on their own. I'm like, that's so sad and lonely. And I think that the original anime did a good job of showing that all three of these senshi even before they were like even before finding out that they were out there on the fucking planets just so far from everyone else having a great time and party on the moon (laughs) they were lonely too like michiru was out there as sailor neptune all by herself you know fucking defending everyone she finds sailor uranus and like you could have really played in like they found each other they were soulmates and like they they're in love and then how much they mean to each other which i think the original anime did a good job of and then they they fucking shot themselves in the chest too they're like well i am so glad i found you and i love you but we need to do this for our mission and then they shoot themselves to get the talismans out i mean first they take away alan and Anne and the doom tree from me and now this and honestly i don't know if i can forgive them for being faithful yeah 
to the anime. Everyone knows that the the manga or to the see, I fucked it up. They're being faithful to the they're being faithful to the anime that inspired the manga, Eliana, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've transcended our joke finally from being Uh, faithful to the show that inspired the books by George R. R. Martin. Yeah, uh, and so we've kind of jumped a little bit into the outer senshi. Uh, we've talked about Sailor Moon, you know, the the '90s anime, and their role in it. And it's very exciting as we jump into the Infinity Arc One Premonition yeah. and uh, Premonition Part Two. Master Pharaoh's here, being creepy. Hotaru's here. The outer senshi are here. Uh, they're actually Neptune and. Uranus are introduced as antagonists at first, which I really, I like the way they leverage that through the anime of them being introduced as kind of antagonists. It comes in handy. We start to kind of get these hard differences of people. Uh, I I would say the inner senshi are mostly aligned on their moral values and on their goals and the things they want to do together and accomplish together and alone, where the outer senshi are a little rebellious. They're dark. They're, you know... Big black leather jackets, shades, motorcycles at night. I don't know. They're they're rebels. They are harder with an edge to them. And we are going to unpack why later. Yeah, they're more mature um, as well. And absolutely, I like that Sailor Uranus also has a cape and a, and a mask. Yeah, I like the little bit of, uh, there's some, some hot romantic rivalry. Haruka's like, yeah, I'm hot too, you know. Just so you know, it's not just you, Mamo. Get ready. <laughs> Mugen Academy is our big villain setting. Very severancey, very office-like, very plain. Mm. I love that it's kind of a running theme that some of these rich people and wealthy people are so stupid and vapid that every time they're the ones getting exploited by the Sailor Moon villains, like they're like, ooh, these stupid rich people, they'll send their kid to some luxurious wealthy private school and we'll just steal all the heart seeds. Or, you know, they're... Their, their time, their energy, vesselize them, etc. Mm, I love that, though. Yeah. Uh, target the filthy rich. Good for them. Good for them. It's a, kind of funny because, like, they go to this school and they're like, wow, what an amazing, very prestigious school. And I was looking at it and I'm like, this school doesn't look very fun. I'm sorry, this doesn't actually look like a very good school. This looks like a weird hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I love that it's connected to Professor Tomoe's building is like connected to it. I'm like, that's you're telling me no one's going to figure that out. Right. Because like, as soon as it shows up on the news once, like Usaki's dad, who's a journalist is like, Oh, that guy. I'm like, did we not, was this not discussed before anyone invested in this school and building that this man was the head of the school? (laughs) If we had 27 more episodes in this series, maybe it would have been. Okay, Eliana, maybe it would have been. I, I think we're just not supposed to think that hard about it, which is we think apparently what no yeah. one no one at the school is doing either. <laughs> no one at the school is thinking too hard about it. No, because they're How like all being mind controlled be? by the witches, Eliana. Fair. Oh my god. True, true, oh god. true, true. I think that the animations are gonna be tough for me because some of them are really complex and beautiful and have really improved this season. I do want to put that out yeah. there. There's some gorgeous scenes. However, the scenes that have been so beautifully done and improved, like the great transformation scene we get in episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, (laughs) 
are used over and over and over again exhaustively. There's a few new ones. There, there's like two versions, I want to say, in the season in total from watching it, but there's a lot of animations and moments specifically reused. I get it. I get it. I guess I don't mind that because they've always done that and it was always used to fill in time. That, but that's it was my al- problem. It's always been like that. That's yeah. my problem. There's a couple of those time moments. Uh, as we get to the latter half of the season, for example, the last like six episodes have five to six minute intros recapping everything that just happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and, oh, but so I kept these watching are them. some. Yeah, me too. Me too. I really wanted to drill it in my head. Well, because I was like, I feel like they might change one line or something, which they did sometimes. And I was like, I need to know. <laughs> what? Like, this is fucking Arrested Development with the fake out? Settle down. Yeah. Yeah. Settle down. <laughs> In regards to the Outer Sunshi introducing themselves, Haruka plays a really big part and is kind of like our main connection to the Outer Sunshi, which this season, which again... It kind of sucks because I feel like we don't get enough Neptune because obviously we already know Pluto. We, we're very mm-hmm. attached to Pluto. We saw her die last season. <laughs> Rip. Why is she? Yeah. Why? Who's guarding the door? I also wonder that. But anyway, don't think too hard about it. Japanese lesson for people. The Japanese language also uses gendered first person pronouns, not just like third person pronouns like he or she. Right. So... For example, if you want to say the phrase like I am, you'd consider how close you are to the person you're speaking to when deciding which word to use for I or like the equivalent of I, right? And then the word you would use would also sort of connote your gender. Like it it doesn't say exactly what gender you are, but it's usually associated with certain kinds. So for example, you have a lot of characters mistaking quote unquote Haruka for a boy and then using like he or third person language for men and that's because especially in the anime which simplifies it haruka usually uses the term boku which is typically used by boys and young men and also sometimes but less commonly by young women but apparently if you are too old as a man and you use this term some people might feel like you're trying to come off like you're younger so i'm like oh you seem like you're immature and like maybe sleazy. I don't know. That's what I hear according to the internet, because I want to remind everyone that I am a lower level weeb, you know, like I'm lower on the witch's five scale in terms of levels of weeb, and I did not learn Japanese. So here's a good explanation of it from a user on Reddit, Amamiya Hibia, that explains, English translations almost always simplify it to using she slash her pronouns after the reveal that Haruka equals Uranus, but it's different in the Japanese version. The anime makes it pretty boringly simplified in Japanese as well. Haruka always refers to themselves as boku, which has a masculine connotation in general, but is sometimes used by young women. The manga is way more cool, IMO. Haruka switches between pronouns frequently. When presenting as Haruka, the pronoun ore, which has a masculine connotation, is used. Meanwhile, when presenting as Sailor Uranus, Atashi, which has a feminine connotation, is used. This user also says, like, if I was translating it myself, I'd probably use they for anime Haruka to show that they present pretty neutrally in he slash she for manga Haruka to show the fluidity of how she presents. And, um... You know, again, reminder, gender is perceived differently across different cultures, but a couple different translations of the manga, and this scene is in the anime too, 
discusses how like Uranus is both male and female, or another one says Uranus is like a man and a woman in one. She's a guardian who possesses the strengths of both genders. She has the strengths of both genders. It is her special advantage as a soldier. So I thought that was like really cool and interesting. I know that speaking of Japanese, I also wanted to make sure I was pronouncing um, Takeuchi's uh, name correctly. So I looked it up and also asked a higher level weeb than me who did learn and taught English in Japan to help me understand this. Takeuchi, granted, of course, different generation, different time, like is insistent that all of the Sailor Senshi are girls, and I think that's important to her for the storyline, but also at the same time, I think, like, people can interpret, like, Sailor Uranus's character, I think, in terms of gender, however they want, because that's the joy of reading stories, and also people's understanding of gender has has evolved since then, so I don't know. Yeah, in a meta way, it's like, maybe she set out to create it with that in mind, right? And maybe it evolved because gender does evolve for everyone and how they perceive it, how they feel it, and how they want to exude it in which way. Maybe Uranus was an evolution. That's great. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't know that, like, they they seem pretty private. I don't know that, like, Takuchi has said more about it. But we can also return to this. Yes. When we talk about Cosmos, because that is also very interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit of that. We'll play around the edges of it in just a little bit later on as well. Whenever when we get it to that great out. speech that Haruka gives Usagi. So we get introduced to Witches 5 and the Deathbusters in general. I love that they call themselves Deathbusters since they're literally sucking the souls of people out. That's pretty cute, pretty fun. There's something kind of cute in there too. We talk about this with the Song of Ice and Fire and in our other series we cover His Dark Materials about like the idea of killing death or vanquishing death, right? And it's kind of got those, you know, eternity, like I want eternity forever in our own utopia land that we can, you know, get rid of this world and make our own and it's ours and forever. Uh, it's kind of got that idea and language to it with death busters. They don't go that much into the weeb levels of the Witches 5, as Eliana's kind of pointed <laughs> out, but uh, they're all super magical. Each of them has a magical level, and of course, they go in order. Each one uh, after the other is a little more magical. So get ready. Get ready to get introduced to that. And yeah. I like that they had the numbers, because I didn't realize or remember that they would because i was like oh i get it yeah they are different they are different it's funny because they didn't really bring it up for a little bit and then they started bringing it up and i i, I had almost written it off actually i was like they're not gonna do it they're not gonna do it and then they, they did, did it, and i think was for like, the Aha. first one maybe or like maybe and then like they skipped for a couple of them maybe it's like you mm-hmm. know the what is the word that i'm looking for the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? You think you're really cool, so you give your level when you just start out because you think you know a lot, and then you learn that you don't know that much, and then maybe later on they're like, I'm, I I, know I'm high level, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> uh, at Mugen Academy, we get our big outer senshi sighting in that second part of the episode with Neptune and Uranus, and they get their antagonism arc starting off, as we mentioned. Yeah, I... I like that you've called that out because, again, not spoiling, but I do feel that it's relevant to some of what we see in the very final Sailor Moon arc. I'm not convinced that Takuchi did, like, that kind of planning, not because I don't think she's capable, but it seemed like, you know, some some plot elements were kind of developed ad hoc, mm-hmm. you know, making it up as we go in a in a way that I think really works, but... 
would plan maybe, I don't know, one one arc ahead or something like that. So I mean, it's also like it's a comic series, you know, in a way. It's a manga series. It's, yeah. it's coming out as a series, as an issue. It has an arc. It has several arcs. It has shape, but they probably wanted to fill it in bit by bit and add things as they went. I mean... Yeah, because they weren't... I mean, you're not always sure you're going to get renewed, I guess, for the next mm-hmm. few series. months or whatever. Exactly. So... It kind of, I just don't think there's foreshadowing planted that far in advance. Um, it's just cool that it ties in. Some things that I thought were so interesting in these episodes, Shibusa, you know, telling her friend, being like, yeah, no, it's fine. I totally saw where that hat landed. And then, like, comes out of the park and goes, could it be behind this building? I'm like, so you have absolutely no fucking idea where it went. You just made that up. Yeah, there are a lot of moments where I'm like, who is fucking watching this kid? Holy shit. And and, and she's so charismatic that she will straight up turn it's to them fine. and be like, it's fine. Just give me a minute. I'll be right back. And I'm like, damn, that was me as a kid, man. I get it. It's because she's 300, you know? Like, I think I I would hope that I have, you know, enough charisma at 300. <laughs> I could actually become less charismatic the older I get. That's that's possible, too. Um, And then she runs into... Hotaru and like the manga says that these are coughing fits which makes more sense maybe they meant like she gets seized by the coughing fit because the Netflix subtitles say oh it's okay I get these seizures sometimes I'm like I'm not sure that's how a seizure works or looks yeah they kind of changed it to seizures it seemed and you get those moments where her eyes gloss over but it's not really seizures obviously it's the magic and the sickness in general, like, is caused by, you know, the magic. Her being a cyborg, yeah. Yeah, her being a cyborg and her dad using basically necromancy to keep her ass alive. Alien necromancy. Yeah. yeah. The point is, like, even if she were having, even despite it, like, she could be having seizures. Whatever illness she has, this is not a seizure. She's having a coughing fit. This is not a seizure. <laughs> yeah. Not to gatekeep seizures, but she'd be on the ground and you got to make sure she's not biting off her tongue. Okay, so. Yeah, yo, she's looking for the silver crystal with that seizure is what she's doing for a second. She's like, wait, what Ooh. just happened? What just happened there? Sorry. She's so brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. So one of the one of the monsters also in these episodes, I think, so the monsters are interesting, right? So I know like this gets translated differently, but here in the Netflix subtitles, they call it atavism. But I guess some you'll see some translations of it calling it like de de-evolved or like primitivism um, to make these monsters. I just think it's so funny that also in this, I think this is the second episode, the Witches Five are like, yeah, let's see how this goes because this vessel is totally different from the last one. And I'm like, very interesting in that, yeah, cats and people are different. Like, is that not the case where they're from, which I guess is planet Earth? So I don't know. I don't know why you're so interested. Like, oh, wow, this vessel's totally different. Yes, completely different species in biology. I guess they don't realize it, right? The witches are magical, not brilliant. Not brilliant. <laughs> That's true. They're beautiful, not brilliant. You know, a couple of them, worms for brains is all I'm trying to tell you. Just worms for absolute brains. Uh. Actually, though. They're te- that's why they're the teachers at this fucking school. No wonder no one's thinking deeply about this school. You know, it reminds me, I, we just watched the King of the Hill episode last night where Peggy lies about being a nun in order to teach Spanish at a school. 
And then she's like, gets <laughs> put in fuck? charge of a Catholic class. And she's like, what the fuck? How do I, I don't teach Catholic. And then finally she has to come clean. And she's like, I'm Methodist. But very funny, horrible, but very funny. And that's what it feels like that they just like got put into these jobs. They're like, yeah, we could just, we'll wing it. No one's going to ask for ID or clarity on our positions at this academy. We have backstories. Yeah, also, why are the teachers wearing essentially the same uniform as the kids? I want to know that, too. Solidarity? <laughs> like, they look like the students. <laughs> so, deeper into Mugen, deeper into some of these plots, we come to Ripples and New Gardens, right? Infinity 2, Infinity 3, Act 28, Act 29. Yeah, you have Hotaru healing and meeting Chibiusa, which is very cool. I, I like that moment. And you get like a full, like, real intro into Hotaru and her life. You have Kaori, her father's assistant, who has way more sexual tension with her father than, like, she would like <laughs> after her mom died. Then Chibiusa continues pushing for friendship with Hotaru and then gets welcomed inside her house. Chibiusa also does her own cool, sweet hand magic to take Hotaru's pain away. So beautiful. I know, I love that. And I have to say, I'm coming back to Kaolinite as like a character, right? Like, I I'm really coming into like liking her, appreciating her, feeling horrible for her. Uh, I don't think she got enough time in, in this adaptation. And I know, again, comes back to our our complaints that, you know, hey, some of the anime was good in the 90s. She got a very expanded plot, and it all has a lot to do with the heart seeds that Eliana talked about. A while back, you're very spoiled on the heart seeds if you're listening, so I don't feel bad bringing it up, but she ends up, like, dying from everything, and she gets brought back by Professor Tomoe, and it's not explained, like, at all until the very, very final that she gets brought back, she becomes Hotaru's new guardian, and she doesn't want to go back into heart snatching, so she wants to find the, the purest heart she could find, the eventual last. She really didn't want to do it. And then, like, she ends up in this big battle and Mistress Nine kills her with lightning, her own, you know, like, her own device turned against her. She thought she was so smooth. They all thought they were smooth, turning Hotaru into Mistress Nine. And I missed a little <laughs> of that. They were like, oh, this yeah, is so brilliant. How could this backfire? And I think there was a lot of that missing as we get towards that. But I'm sad for her because I actually really liked her villain arc and I thought there was some sadness and some pathetic behavior with her and Professor Tomoe and like that she yeah. had his eyes for him and he didn't even ever think of her. It It's very similar to some plot beats in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Ooh. Something was going around in the water at that time, I think, when it came to, I don't know, scientists and women scientists. But I, I agree. Like, I just think that the villains got such great treatment in the original anime for this season. I agree. I agree. Specifically and, and it's hard because I really love the villains. I, I love... I don't know if it's like nostalgia glasses or not, but... At the risk of like, I'm not trying to undermine any of the Senshi's plots, but it is somewhat a lot of the same every season. Yeah. And sometimes the villains drive them to have new things in their plots, which I like, and I just think we're missing some of that. But I digress. I, I really feel for her. For her and all her troubles and how she got wiped off the page, off the screen with no real, you know, parade for it. That sucked. But we get a little introduction there. Some of that kind of tension with her. We learn about her mom dying as mentioned. And that kindness that Chibiusa is extending to her is so beautiful. Like that Chibiusa is like resilient at trying to get into Hataru's shell 
and that she wants to be her friend in an authentic, genuine, healing way. Because they both have some similar like moments in their arcs, right? Loss of childhood, uh, Hotaru's health, right? Her father's exploits, etc., etc. The things we're learning about, like Hotaru lost her childhood. Chibiusa hasn't really gotten to be a normal child on account of the whole like three hundred, then time traveling back, time traveling forward. Da da da. You know, she's she's lived. She's seen some shit, and I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like imagine Chibiusa being raised by a tuxedo mask who is laden with guilt over not being able to save Princess Serenity or Queen Serenity, right? Like, that's Hotaru. Hotaru is Nega Chibi-Yusa in a way. And it's kind of cool, too, that she's, like, quiet and in pain and sad, and you're like, oh, poor girl. But she's also, like, the god of destruction, right? And, I don't know, Chibi-Yusa pushing their friendship and being like, I love the god of destruction. She's my best friend. That's so pure. And it's also very Usagi-like. Their friendship is just very pure, and I really love it. I love how you've called that out because, uh, you know, not only do they have those similar arcs in terms of what you're saying, but even their bodies, right? Like, Chibiusa's mm-hmm. got a weird body that has been a child for 300 years. And, I mean, that's also the case, right? Like, Hotaru's body, there's something a little, like, artificial about it in that she's a cyborg. And... Mm-hmm. There's also, like, I I can see something that you were talking about last season and episode when we covered Sailor Moon about why you really love Chibiusa's character. Like, yeah, there's that very, there's that love that she shows people that, like, her mother also has, but she often has these plots, right, where she meets people who are kind of loners, right, or, like, trapped and Mm. is able to connect with them and find friendship with them because she, like... She knows how that feels. Sailor Pluto was the one from last season. Gonna hold my tongue a little. But (laughs) yeah. And when we enter Hotaru's house, because again, her father has for some reason been allowed to run this very expensive high profile school for reasons undisclosed. I guess they are very rich now because I'm pretty sure I've seen some of these like lamps that Hotaru like has or versions of it <laughs> on Facebook marketplace <laughs> and um you can get a deal right you absolutely can get a deal because that's the point of Facebook marketplace but some of them you know you go on like first dibs or cherish spelled like chair that you sit on those can go for a lot And then I just love that she says, my dad is an eccentric man who researches spooky things. And I'm like, why is no one concerned? There's a lot of that, right? Like, Chibiusa's like, huh, okay, my parents are kind of weird too, but we won't get into it. And she's like, let me in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why maybe she's like, oh, cool, I have secrets too. (laughs) Well, and and that is, that's like the, the modicum of trust in a friendship, right? You share your little secrets, as silly as they are. And it gets like this is even so silly secret. As silly as they are, it gets a little weirder because then she like gets a helicopter fucking ride home from the outer senshi who are like somewhat sexual tension beefing with the, the other senshi, right? Like there's a little tension. A lot of it's sexual, some of it's just aggressive. There's beef. There's beef. But Chibius is like, oh, okay, yeah, I won't tell my mom and dad you gave me a helicopter ride home. Thanks, bye. And they tell her all about the talismans and they give her some secrets someone needs to watch this girl uh but she learns a little bit about that they're like don't tell anyone about our talismans and i'm like don't worry they don't matter anyways 
<laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I think it's funny. She doesn't tell anyone about the talismans, but they're like, don't tell anyone, I guess, about this trip. I'm like, everyone just literally saw you. You're in a helicopter. This is a very <laughs> conspicuous vehicle. Um, She's like, it's our little secret. I'm like, ah. And then her parents see her get dropped off, and then her parents tell fucking everyone that this happened. But, <laughs> again, she's the oldest one here, so, you know, I feel like if she can travel time and space alone, I guess she can travel in the dark by herself. Honestly, I think my fear is that, like, she was going to get sexually assaulted or harassed. Uh, oh, so don't worry. She open she carries. Got... She open carries, that's, Eliana. That's don't right. worry. She has a gun. She has a gun. <laughs> Chippy is going to open some whoop ass on you if you pull up on her. Guns aren't even like legal. <laughs> and speaking of things that aren't legal, having a license to drive a car, I think you cannot until you're 18 or something. Also, probably not a helicopter, so that. Uh, Haruka has a license for both of these is hilarious apparently and I think some some versions they like hand wave it away with uh, Haruka just being like oh I got my license abroad and I'm like does that transfer internationally <laughs> I feel like if you if you had gotten farther in Doctor Who you would understand this reference but there is psychic Sorry. paper it's okay there's psychic okay. paper okay. that you look at and it automatically like tells you what you want to see and maybe it's just that you know because they're all like reincarnated. Like, okay, and how do how do Usagi's parents, quote unquote, how'd they get that brainwashing? Yeah, they also just let their teenage, n- not even teenage, like barely teenage daughters sleep over at her boyfriend's place all the time, which I'm like interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, so Jimmy tells Usagi, you know, like, oh yeah, those people who dropped me off, they told me that they know you very well. And it's like Usagi, like, yeah, we flirt and kiss sometimes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Very well. Chibi's so like, about- it was more cryptic than that, mom. <laughs> uh, but I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> I was like, I love them. They're so charming. I'm going to talk about Hotaru now. Hotaru's name means firefly. Her last mm-hmm. name, uh, the first kanji symbol for it is for Saturn, because she's Sailor Saturn, everyone. Uh, her name basically literally translates as a firefly rising from the earth, and it's significant that her name is Firefly, as fireflies are associated with the dead in Japan, um, especially the souls of fallen soldiers. And I think that's kind of fun in that senshi. Also, one of its ways it can be interpreted and translated is as soldier. So yeah, Hotaru, that happens. And honestly. During these times, Usagi's like, oh, how interesting. This person looks a lot, even though, like, I think they're a man. I'm just proud of Usagi for recognizing Sailor Uranus out of uniform, because no one ever seems to be able to do this. I was so impressed, and for real, like, that was my biggest qualm, was like, is nobody going to say, huh, that's so funny, they look exactly the same. I'm like, you guys gotta, like Sailor Venus, like really, the glasses are what throws you off. Anyways, but I was very proud. And I have to tell you, in Japanese class in seventh grade, uh, I wanted- Oh, you're a higher level weeb than me. Well, it it wasn't that crazy. It was like one semester. I don't know. I took one semester. You're a higher level weeb. And then I did go to (laughs) Japanese club actually a couple times. So yeah, I am a higher level weeb. No, I'm just kidding. No, you are. Uh, But you you can pretend you're not if that's important to you. Uh, I'm your next villain to fight. I am oh. the witch, level 202. 
Uh, no, I, I <laughs> wanted to have Hotaru be my name because you have to choose a name. Mm, yeah, you yeah. know, they make you choose a Japanese name. And I wanted Hotaru to be mine, but it was taken. So I actually ended up with Haruka. Oh. That was the other one that I was like, fine, I'll be Uranus. That's fine. That's funny. I would have probably picked Michiru. I was obsessed. It was taken. I mean, I was obsessed with all of them. Oh. It was taken. Oh, well, yep. of course, of course. I went down the list. I was like, I want mm. a Sailor Moon name. And there were only maybe like two or three other girls in the class that would have taken that route with me. You know what I mean? So I'm like, the other people chose it. Without actual want. Oh, they didn't want it? Because I was like... They just liked the name. They were like, I want this one. And they got to pick before I did. I was pissed. That's fucked up. Yeah, it was really fucked up. The world's really unfair. So, um, yeah. Unfair world. It was all taken. Ray included. All of them. Dang, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, speaking of Ray, there's this intense music while she's training out there. And it's fantastic. I love it. I'm also obsessed with Makoto's like hoodie in this episode. It's very fun. I also love that when they go and run to check out the training or like what's happening at Mugen School's training, Makoto runs normally in the animation and Ray does a fucking Naruto run through the woods to get there. <laughs> and I'm like, but why? <laughs> That's so funny. It's like when an NPC goes by, what? Where are you going? What are you doing? She's like, is doing the Naruto run with her hands behind her back. Like, does it actually help? Like, is this a training thing? And Makoto just runs like a normal person. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really can't tell you, but I love that. See, better animation. Better animation. They're doing it. Look at that detail. <laughs> the detail. I mean, they even have running Commitment personalities. My God. Yeah, we talked about there wasn't enough characterization, but that's the characterization, Chloe. Wow. I mean, my only athletic characterization is that I don't have any, so... <laughs> That's a characterization, too. Uh, coming back to our principal of Mugen Academy, our Deathbusters member, manager of the year of the Witches 5, Kaola Knight is... Actually, this is kind of cool. I, I was very... I knew the voice from somewhere, and I couldn't figure out where in the dub, and she's voiced in the dub by the same person who did Anna Williams in Tekken, and... Uh, Tamari in Naruto, and Satsuka in Soul Calibur 4 and 6, mm. which I, I play those. The Naruto notes for you, but I, I do play those video games. So Interesting. Yeah. I don't usually watch dubs. <laughs> really? Well, listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you the facts that I know. Wow. That, so, that's the kind of weeb I am. Sorry. <laughs> I know, that is the kind. I just, I need subtitles is my problem, and I need... To be able to not look at them and look away as well. It's very, it's mm. confusing. I just, my brain is not, I need both. I need words on the screen, words in my ears, so that if I miss something, I can look at it and go, oh. Huh. I saw a recent study, sorry, quickly, that said a, like a majority of millennials and Gen Z actually turn on the subtitles when watching things. I saw that. I have like, I think it's just auditory processing issues as well. Like I hear things. And I don't comprehend them for a moment. And then I actually have to like think about it and go, oh, yeah, you said this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's an ADHD yeah, shit. I do the same. I also yeah. have my subtitles on. Udeal is introduced and killed the good American way. Just kidding. The good Sailor Moon way. She gets taken care of by Moon Spiral Heart Attack. And she had at one point during this episode taught philosophy and etiquette at Mugen Academy. So I would say... That's not very philosophy or etiquette of the girls to have done, but that's okay. That's okay. The name Udiel is, uh, that's named after Udialite, 
a gemstone. These are all kind of gemstone and also Rome, Greek, I'm ignoring you, Roman and Greek and Latin <laughs> names, but all kind of gemstone based. So the Greek translation is eudialitos, meaning well decomposable, said to vanquish fear, soften sorrow and dissolve scarcity thinking. So defeated super fucking easily. And actually, one thing I do wish that we had a little more of is the infighting across the villains in Super yeah. S. She's done in by her witch sister, Mimet, who has similar beats to the previous villains of the week where she's like jealous and wanted to kill her and move up in the ranks. But very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I, I like the infighting. We got at least some of that in season two, right? That was probably like faithful to the manga, but... Mm-hmm. We could have fleshed things out a bit more. It's fine if it's not super faithful. As long I get as it's it. Faithful in spirit, you know. You know. Yeah, I think season one still had a little bit of that infighting, not a ton, but with the 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 four boys, the oh, four yeah, knights. Yeah. So I would ones, say maybe they just didn't want to be repetitive. I get it. The ones who have who give they are the guardian of X thing in this, and they drop it, and you don't know what it means. Same as the levels <laughs> of the witches five. Yeah, similar. Um, I love Haruka saying that sh- they didn't expect Usagi to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a backhanded compliment. Mamet is introduced as our next, which is five villain. Uh, we also, I just wanted to call it, I love this fish fountain. I love this fish fountain. I'm so into it that Knights always had. I will say, like, besides the very sanitized appearance of Mugen, there's also some really cool stuff in some of the more, like, public areas of it, and some of the classrooms do have some really interesting sets. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, the lobby that looks not that great, because I'm like, this is that hotel in Georgia, um, <laughs> the Dragon Con Hotel, you know oh, the, the one. Marriott, yeah, I, I do know yeah. the Marriott, yes, I've been in there many times. Yeah, I, cool hotel, not a school. <laughs> Mimet gets introduced, right, as we said, as a villain, and she teaches performing arts, so that makes this set much cooler. The auditorium is crazy. She puts on this insane idol concert. She's serving, right? <laughs> serving looks. The stands are going wild out there. They're like, oh my god, yes, bestie. It's the Mimet Eras tour. <laughs> Mimet Eras. Yeah, the stands are in the audience, and they're like, oh my god, I'm so fucking dead right now. Oh my god, I'm D-worded. OMG. Wig. Uh... No one says wig anymore, man. You know, like wig gone, wig flown. Wig has flown off. No one says that anymore. That was a good era. But anyways, Sailor Venus is there and Sailor Venus is not a stan. Sailor Venus is a mimet auntie and she's a hater. And I got to say, Eliana and I, we fucking love haters on this podcast. We We are a hater lover. I think so. She was like a super big fan before, and I think I she's the epitome of like betrayed fan, right? But yeah. I also was I'm like, was she a fake fan? Because then she would have just loved harder, you know. It's not very stand <laughs> of her. Um, she's a hater, as you said. Also, I want to say that the the wink chain sword attack and all that whole sequence, like it slaps. Very into it. So cool. So such beautiful animation on that one. Good upgrade. Mm-hmm. I like the the battle upgrades this season, and each attack upgrade has been really yeah. fun. Yeah, I've still like never understood the coconut cyclone thing. Um, I don't want to talk I, about it. It's a weird one. As a child, I didn't understand it. As an adult, I still don't. But it's okay. Yeah, Mimet attacks the crowd with her magical pharaoh daemons, and Venus's wink chain doesn't kill her. Unfortunately, as fucking cool as it is, 
Mars is like Mars snake fire and Jupiter's like coconut cyclone and Mercury pulls an aqua mirage. Sailor Moon then calls to Neo Queen Serenity for her heart moon rod, which she flexes and then destroys Mimet with moon spiral heart attack, attack of the season for her. Bye bye Mimet. Uh, Mimet, of course, in Greek translates to imitator. So I thought that was kind of clever for performing arts teacher. Very cute. It is cute. I liked her character design. Same as, again, as you're always saying, like, I would have been more fun to get more time with her. Like, imagine she really does, like, sing to a lot of different people. Could have been fun. Or if she got a song. <laughs> a whole song. Anyways. I would like a Sailor musical Moon- episode, thank you. I mean, they have Sailor Moon musicals. We could always talk yeah. about those one day. I've never watched them. Now's your time. It really is. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus, though, they reveal themselves at the end of this episode. Yeah, oh, that's right. Sailor Neptune had a competing competing concert on the same day. Very bold. Yes, yes. And we open up to that concert as we get to Infinity Four, Haruka and Michiru, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune, and Infinity Five, Setsuna, Sailor Pluto. Spoilers, wow. Uh, what? I <laughs> thought she was dead. So we open back up. The Outer Senshi have revealed themselves. They're like, yeah, and we're not allies, by the way. We're not your fucking friends. We're on our own fucking mission. The Inner Senshi are like, what? Why don't you tell us about the Death Busters? And the Outer Senshi are like, IDK. And Neptune's like, instead, here's a loud, magical, mean violin concert. Please leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like an intense one, right? Like, Mitri's like, I'm about to fucking Lindsay Sterling. I was like, what is going on? This is a very different violin vibe. (laughs) It's aggressive. It's very like, it's giving Vice Principal Nero from a series of unfortunate (laughs) events, okay? Oh, okay, okay. But also named for Nero, yes. Uh, Mm. I have to say, I do appreciate Chibiusa is the only one that's like, oh, hey, I know them. Like, she is the one that's like, hey, wait, I know them. Uh, They all figure it out, though, as mentioned. And then we have a great scene where the cats reveal the inner senshi, like, secrets about the outer senshi. They're like, well, they're legendary and mysterious. We never thought they'd be reborn here. And Chibiusa then says to Mamo that she doesn't think they want to fight the inner senshi. She's like, I don't know. I really don't think they want to fight us. Like, I think there's something else going on. And he's like, all right, we'll see. We'll see. I do wish that they would think a little bit more, you know, like, and have more empathy. And I think that's the point. Usagi's character is the one who has empathy for them because I'm like, dang, they were just out there all alone while all of you were having fun in Silver Millennium. And also that they weren't even supposed to be reborn. I'm like, wow, rude. Yeah, but in a way it's great because it starts to foreshadow Saturn. Uh, and I, I thought that was really deftly done in this season, like saying, like, we're an anomaly. Like, when we all appear on this Earth, that means something's up. Something not good. That's true. And, like, it does add to, I think, the mystique of them, right? Like, they're not supposed to be here and the gravity of that. And, like, there's a lot of anomalies, right? Like, it turns out the whole the whole thing, it's like a space-time anomaly. It's a blip. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about, like, Sailor... Sailor Saturn, I guess Usagi and Mamoru have been having a dream about the deity of destruction, and Mars like also meditates on the same vision at the temple. Um, turns out it's the destruction of a whole different world, thankfully. Um, <laughs> Haruka also sees like Usagi, and they have like this very tense moment 
where again Haruka won't tell Usagi what their entire deal is. Usagi's like also, you know, obsessed with Haruka's gender because I think it's because Usagi's having like a serious gender awakening and Haruka says, does it actually matter? So true. So true, Haruka Bestie. That's actually like such a great the entire speech rocks, but so good. Also, in my opinion, Usagi's like canonically bisexual. Yeah. Or uh, man, like, yeah. maybe also Chibiusa. We'll talk about it in a bit. But yeah, things are very tense between Mamoru and Usagi after, and I'm just like, you need to chill, Mamoru. Like, you have not been kidnapped by every single fucking woman in the world, and other worlds, and kiss them, and your daughter. It's not Usagi's <laughs> fault that both Haruka and Michu are also very canonically, like, slutty and just very comfortable in their relationship, right? Like, I think they made it sound like, in some of the manga, they assume, like, I don't know, I guess they're going through a tough time in their relationship. I'm like, no, these two are so secure in their relationship. So <laughs> Too secure. secure. They're like, they're the couple at the bar. It's like, hey, we saw you from across the bar and we really liked your vibe. And that's what they're doing to Yusagi. Yeah. And they're like, can we pledge ourselves to you for forever? <laughs> sexy, sexy, sexy. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, from what I've read now of the manga, I see that it it goes where where the show kind of dabbles into Yuri territory. Like, the manga, I think, lends a lot more to that look at intimate female relationships, whether it's, you know, physically intimate, emotionally intimate. And this season has a lot of great nods toward that, uh, whether the kiss, right, with Sailor Moon, Uranus, or some sweet moments of Ami and Rei kind of, like, hugging and holding one another and just being closer to one another. And great teases and moments they're gripping to. And, and, you know, the lack of censorship is amazing because that is one thing in the 90s that we had a great dose of, right, was the original anime super censoring that relationship and super censoring a lot of the sexuality and a lot of the different parts of the show that we do actually get kind of these great authentic moments of just fucking wash for the homophobes out the irony. Yeah, just for context, for people who haven't seen the original anime, what they did in the American dub of this season was they made Sailor Uranus and Mi- and Sailor Neptune cousins, but the original anime, I think, has a lot more scenes of intimacy that is not cousin-like, or, like, or maybe it is, and I guess American audiences were more okay with incest than lesbians. I watch Game of Thrones, so calling them cousins doesn't stop me, is I think the general reaction. Again, we're not going to go into too much spoiler territory, but it, it speaks well that stars and starlights would be done well plot-wise, given this budget, given the time, and gives like confidence it could be done well with great scenes, even just discussing like the boundaries and the spectrum of fucking gender and bringing it up. Like That's great. It doesn't need to be something big. It can just be a great conversation where Haruka's like, does it matter if I'm man, yeah. if I'm woman, Usagi, when you know what I am, it's hot. I'm hot. hot. I'm- but yeah. Haruka is so hot. Yeah, no, and the confidence, the charisma, the cockiness yeah. is very much there. And, and, you know, the Starlight's... No spoilers, but there's a lot of great representation oh, no for queer and non-binary fans to come. No spoilers, but there's a lot of gay shit yeah. to come. And, and there's some great stuff in the original anime that gets added in of, like, you know, being able to magically change gender and appearance for some characters. And I like that Michiru and Haruka become, like, 
you know, kind of like a, a user-friendly, like, this is a litmus test. If you cannot handle this, it's gonna get gayer, baby. I don't know what to tell you, but it does get gayer. Uh, I does. appreciate that. I do. And, and, I mean, it goes to show that storytelling was far beyond its time, in my opinion, in including and representing some of these queer characters, as well as some of what we'll look at when it comes to differently abled bodies, right? Like Hotaru and other characters. Like, magic should be for everyone, right? Not just, you know, straight, white, blah, blah, blah. It, it should be like anyone. Anyone should be able to be a magical person. Absolutely. And, yeah, the the series only gets even more queer. And... Gay, and I love it. I know... I know that um, the anime did it differently than the manga, but like you were talking about the 90s, that was a thing that was, I don't remember now if technically this started in the 80s, but like you had, you had series like Ranma Half, right? Which also had someone like very much literally, literally going between different genders and sexes. So mm -hmm. I love that. Interesting time. That was not like, I wouldn't say, you know, in a lot of ways, Ranma is a very progressive storyline but it's of its time again but mm -hmm. in some ways like that was also very cool so again yeah things are of their time <laughs> it was good to have it's something that maybe now i look back and i'm like huh we did have that good for us i also like what you're calling out about Hot hotaru like and having magic and you know like she's really down on herself about the capabilities existing. of her body well yeah existing and the capabilities of her body but we see she's like a super powerful like soul right and yeah a lot of it, it is an issue with like a lot of stories that subconsciously kind of if someone has magic and they are not able-bodied they're kind of villain coded and i guess i don't know sailor saturn's a little bit but also not like ev the grip everyone everyone fucking loves sailor saturn like everyone loves yeah. sailor saturn <laughs> well and as we get towards the end of the series here in, in the next while, I think we'll come back to that because there's definitely some stuff to explore yeah. there. But Yusagi and Chibiusa's relationship is way better this season. Another thing that's I think is really great, good progression there. A sense of maturity, a sense of love forming there, even trust, right? Uh, in previous seasons where Yusagi would perhaps act a little, you know, a little whiny, a little jealous, a little uh, not sure of her place in things with the addition of Chibiusa to the family. Now she knows her place and she has a sense of, like, security and wanting to take care of what she has and her family and friends. And I think it shows and I think it's well done. Very well done this season. I agree. They show that relationship maturing well and even, like, Chibiusa also extending that love. Yeah. And something that didn't change, though, something that has continued and hasn't changed, is that... Girl, Ami, we need to have a talk. This is from me to you, Ami. Ami, if you can hear me out there. Girl, you're a mark. Why are you always <laughs> getting fucked up at these schools? And it's so easy. They're like, spill a chess piece. Or, oops, a book's on the ground. Got them. Like, Ami, sweetie. Darling. <laughs> she's... And every time, she's like, lured in by the same thing. Um... She has an easy mark. I know there's like that side story of like Ami's love letter and stuff too that uh we can talk about that a different day. Yeah, yeah. Uh that was like a an offshoot, but yeah. She's so vulnerable and like so she meets Veloy, the new witch, level two oh two, 
And I don't know, like, why is she, is she just so smart that this is unimpressive? I'm unsure because I... She sees a whole ass, like, miniature universe in a home aquarium and does not care, right? Like, maybe does she think it's a hologram? I don't know. But it's not... First of all, like, the villains say that she was drawn to the universe is proof that she's protected by the planets. And I'm like, no, like, literally anyone would be astounded seeing a miniature universe in your fucking fishbowl. And, like, why is no one freaking out more? Like, this... Is this not a giant scientific breakthrough? Like, why are we- why is no one like, oh my god! Like, also, why is the research of a whole miniature universe in an aquarium, like, in a fucking high school? Like, what sort of budget? Like, what- what sort of research facilities is this place? It's interesting because it's all dealing with some of those, like, quantum physics about the new universe they're trying to make, the Tau universe, you know? so. There's yeah. something interesting going on there that each one of these things is dedicated to those. Like, as we get to Telu's plot later, we'll talk about it. But yeah, lots of questions, lots of questions, but nobody cared because everyone was magic the fuck up and brainwashed the fuck up. So, Men in Black showed more. Yeah, Men in Black showed more reverence for this. With the plot point, there was. Uh, I'm, I'm about to spoil one of the plots of the, one of the, the movies. Uh, I forgot which one. Maybe it's the original one. I don't remember. No, 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 not the original. Of one of the movies where there's a whole universe inside the little the little marble. The little marble on the pugs. Yeah, the little pocket universe, which is what these villains want to replicate. So they're making the students do the work. Very smart. Very smart. Make your hostages do it. I respect that. Villoui, who is dead, you know, she Audi after this, uh, <laughs> does not last that long, just so you know, rip in pieces. But uh, it's really interesting that Villawit translates, uh, it's one of the names for like a mineral willowit. Hmm. It's like a different mineral. And the kanji in Villawit's alias in the last name translates to beauty, temple, shrine, or hall. So it could be any of them. Huh. Interesting. Uh, but also I thought it, I don't know, it kind of brought me back to like Villi and V in mythology, Norse mythology. And so in Norse mythology, they... Basically, Odin gives soul and life. Vili gets wit and sense of touch. Hmm. V gets countenance, appearance, facial expression, hearing, all that, the good stuff. And when Fenrir swallows Odin, his brother Vili thought the war was over and that there was no hope, so he sacrificed himself as well to Fenrir. And then V fled after Vili sacrificed himself, but Fenrir finds him in the realm of the elves and eats him. So kind of an interesting little cat and mouse chase game that kind of comes up with the outer senshi showing up. Mm, that is cool. Takuchi knows a lot about, I don't know, all kinds of myths. Second ending credits starts now. Very cool that we get to. Pluto is reincarnated also without memory of her past life into a student at Mugen, which is very exciting. She is not dead. Back at bad guy HQ, which no one is investigating, Hotaru's dad... Helen Knight, like, asks, you know, their other death daddy for their next steps, which is, all, of course, destroy the world and the Sailor Scouts. Um, and then we need we meet the next witch, Telu. So she's into plants, and of course, so is Jupiter. She's also a PE teacher. She contains multitudes, and Jupiter is seduced by the plants through the next episode. Yes, yes, that does happen to Jupiter from time to time with plants. We know she loves a fucking plant. Latin Tellus, Roman equivalent for Gaia. Right, that's where that etymology mm. comes from, and we see it in everything she's got on and her surroundings. 
Yeah, poison ivy coated. Um, also, I love that her the leaves of the plant she invented look like her pigtails. Yes, I love that. Beautiful love work. Love that for her. She has some of my, I think she has one of my favorite hairstyles of the villains this season. It's up there. That and the, the circus. Ones. The circus. Yeah, the circus has some good ones. No, I'm sorry. I meant in this season. No, all of the ones next season. Amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This was so exciting. Very cute. I love this. Chibiusa yeah. makes a holy grail chalice for her school project, except she makes her parents help her. Very cute. She goes to school and she has a boy who likes her and is like, here, I got you the Sailor Moon thing because her hair reminds me of yours. And I'm like, ha 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 ha, what? Uh, <laughs> but she thinks about giving Hotaru her project and decides to give the grail to her that night and goes over to the Tomoe's house. Usagi decides to come with her because the inner senshi have just found out that Tomoe is Hotaru's dad. They're like, oh, that's a lead. Let me just go use this. The only people investigating this very suspicious person are middle schoolers. But anyways, um, so I think that there are like hints at times of romantic feelings between Chibiusa and Hotaru. This is, I think, one of those in terms of who do you give this to if this little boy gave it to Chibiusa and everyone's implying it's because he has a crush on her. I know that um, our friend Ashea from History of Westeros really hardcore ships them. You know, some of the artwork, you know, where I guess they're lying together naked which is also in the opening credits maybe kind of give some credence to that i also love that all the girls in the classes know what it means that kyusuke like gifted the sichibusa but not her who is 300 years old and i also love that usagi when chibusa tries to give it away is like wait excuse me maru and i made this what do you mean you're just giving it away we made this uh uh, it's what makes it so good when the second one appears later. It yeah. gets me so fucking excited. I loved the chalice. I had a chalice. I had one of the chalices. Oh, you did. Yeah. That's one of the cool. toys. I had a lot of Sailor Moon toys. I had a lot of the wands. Apparently. I had the QD rod. I had, anyways, I don't want to talk about it. I love them very much. Leave me alone. No, um, they're cool. I'm 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 saying I'm jealous. <laughs> I still have a couple Sailor Moon like posable toys. I have a Sailor Sat I have two Sailor Saturn posable toys, I think, actually. Ooh. Leave me be. My weeb points. They're I'm only accruing. Jealous. They're only going... Uh, do you hear the tinkle know, of coins? Right? The beep, 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 uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think there is something very... And maybe it's like innocent, like your first love kind of thing or et cetera between them. You know, like maybe they're first realizing and exploring that part of their, their friendship and intimacy and maybe that like friendship can be more than friendship. I could see it. I would like more. You know what I mean? Like I would like more Sailor Moon in order to talk about this more like future i would like the future yeah which we sorry almost spoiled yeah um same yeah but i i mean i will say like granted that can be used platonically yeah again it can be i'm not a high en- i'm either. not a high enough level weeb to know but i know that hotaru like shouts daisuke as she's dying and so when she's saying i love you which is sometimes used is often used romantically but can be used platonically so Again, yeah, you're the one who took Japanese between the two of us. So, wow, oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe that like three months of Japanese when I was 13 is about to pay off. That is literally more than I have taken, <laughs> and I don't know why you didn't. I didn't know this about you until this episode. So anyway, let's keep yeah. going. 
we had a foreign language class that we had to take like half or we had to take like i think it was for at least one year of school or like one school year so both the first like the first half of the year and second part of the year of school you know like fall winter spring part of the summer the whole school thing mm-hmm. that americans do or whatever um i did that and it, in seventh grade i want to say we had foreign language in each semester and there were four semesters total each one was a foreign language so yeah. like you had to learn some german some japanese some spanish some i don't remember the the, the fourth so i obviously didn't fucking learn it but <laughs> so there's that i'm but... curious now i'm curious what they rounded it off with so look all i know is that we did like a really cool festival where a lot of different cool. languages were represented and so people of different cultures from the school their parents would volunteer and like teach you know part of their own culture and some really cool dress up things there was a there were a couple women that brought a bunch of beautiful kimonos and let the kids Aww, do like a nice. very cool parade with them and god there was also food and i know that i just sat there eating onigiri for like hours as like a 13 year old i was like i live here now these this is me this is where I live. So, meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile. Speaking of people uh, where they live. Yeah, Hotaru has a little freak out in the place that she lives, and she goes all possessed from touching Chibiusa's crystal amulet, and Yusagi then sneaks off and is like, oh my god, this is attached to the lab and the school. But she gets very interrupted by Hotaru's creepy dad, and the girls leaves so that Hotaru can get her health checkup, quote unquote, very creepy. Meanwhile, Jupiter's new plants are crazy possessed, and she and Venus are like, oh my god, what do we do? We better go find Usagi. Ah, so they do that. They realize that Mugen Garden is an enemy, at the same time, pretty much, that Usagi just realized it. Michiru and Haruka show up. They run away from them in the apartment building, and they go off to face the enemies in the garden. I just love that they're, it is, they're like a foot away, and Usagi calls them out their names, and they just, they just run away. They just run away in their little mini skirts like the audacity that's your queen yeah yeah anyway <laughs> i love that <laughs> uh. the plants and telu drain everyone's energy pluto shows up reincarnated remembers and awakens the inner sense she also transform chibisa begs to and prays for her own power to support sailor moon gets her own little moon cutie rod love that so um cute. she just I like the voice acting for uh for how it's delivered here when she does her pink sugar heart attack. They did a really good job. I was so excited that when uh I, I was taking notes for this episode, Eliana, you're the only person that gets to see this, but I want to share this line with you all that I wrote, pink sugar heart attack, bitch. I was very excited. This was such a thrilling <laughs> moment that I, I love when she gets her cutie rod and I love, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. I love her mood cutie rod. If I'm not mistaken, I think that something that isn't that they didn't do in the third season of the original anime, which kind of sucks, is like they actually really delayed Chibiusa's like sailor arc, right? So she doesn't yeah. have that yet. So that's like a bummer. But love that she has her cutie rod here and her attacks, which are pretty ineffective. So it's a bummer she got it now. Uh, but it's okay because Sailor Pluto is very strong and does a dead scream. Yeah, she takes care of business, and we open up six, three guardians, and seven, transformation, with Pluto and Chibiusa having a beautiful reunion. Sailor Moon also transforms into Princess Serenity. 
Uh, the big three outer senshi pledge to her, and they apologize for avoiding her, and they explain everything going on with the Deathbusters, and also their reincarnation that they're suddenly here having. Yeah, like, sorry we ran away when you called our names from literally a foot away. That was very antisocial of us. Oh um, I feel I feel like if their princess that they are pledged to say that they should let her help them, she gets final say, but, you know, what do I know about royalty? <laughs> that is kind know. of the weird part. Like, why? Are, I know why you guys are not following the inner senshi. I get that, but I am like, huh. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> How does rank work? <laughs> yeah. I guess since she doesn't know that they're her soldiers, then it doesn't matter yet. They don't, she doesn't, you know, Yusagi doesn't know she's their boss yet. Is it because <laughs> she's just a princess and not a queen yet? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If a pawn lives long enough, though, they say. Or I guess they haven't bent the knee. Um, oh my god. So well, now they have. Now they have. Yeah, that's true. They have. And so I'm like, why are you not? What What was the point of pledging? Anyways. Yeah, I guess now that they are worthy enough, right? Like, they or sorry, they decided that Usagi was worthy to follow. Because who knows? Maybe she wouldn't be worthy in this life, right? Like, there's a chance Usagi could totally go off the fucking deep end. So keep that in mind. That's a good point. She could have. She could, like, come back and, you know, she could be different. They've never met her. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a song of ice and fire, kind of. Like, Daenerys. Like, Barristan stays away before he comes to her because he's like, I just wanted to make sure you were, uh, I, you know, you were, I, you weren't crazy. And I understand if maybe they're like, we should see what she's like first because, granted, she did try to do it again, but... <laughs> When her lover died last time around, she was like, that's it, I'm outie, and then stabbed herself with a sword. Yeah. So I I guess I do understand them being like, maybe she doesn't have the best judgment. She's also in middle school, so. And the judgment becomes something that in the second half of the season we'll definitely talk about in our next episode, because there are some moments where you can see, you know, they bring up some very different things. That they're like, well, this is why we want to go this route. And Usagi's like, what do you mean this is why we want to go this route? It's, uh, yeah, they have yeah, different, yeah. you know, they're, they really embody the idea of being sailor soldiers, right? They True. absolutely are soldiers and they're doing what they think is right. Whether it is or not and hurts people or not, they're doing what they think will take the least amount of pain to get the best action. That's a great point, and like actually, that even mirrors what Sailor Venus's arc was a little bit like in that first season too. When you think about it, right? Like very yes. much going off on her own, and you're like, "Well, what what is she about? She's mysterious." So there's kind of, I guess, that echo there of like, "Oh, mysterious yeah. Sailor Guardian." Totally agree. There's a little bit of that. I like that. A darker V. Ah. Ooh, yeah. Not like that. Not like that. Oh my god. Uh, so we get Tomoe <laughs> backstory, right? Engineering scientist. Went off the deep end. His life work is basically gene manipulation. <laughs> and he got booted out of the academy for it because he was, you know, using science for bad. Generally uh, punishable. Pretty messed up. Which is why we let him make his own academy. You know, rich men just fail up. Especially when quantum physics and, uh, you know, like meddling with gene manipulation. Especially when that's involved. They tend to just fail up. Apparently. Chibiusa is supposed to meet Hotaru and get more information on her dad very gently. And Hotaru is unfortunately busy 
having horrible visions of her mother dying in flames and being possessed by a crystal. So that's cute. We get to watch all this uh, backstory of her dad saving her post the fire, all that. We see the visions. Suddenly, the weather changes. Hail is coming down. Big what is hail. This, Southern California? Um. <laughs> <laughs> the crystals glow on Usagi and Chibiusa, and people that were passed out in the streets all come back possessed with black stars on their heads. Big mood. If you see me outside, don't make eye contact, is what I'm saying, because that black star is going to be right there. Uh, right there. What the fuck? Up, up next from Witches 5 is Cyprine and Pitlal, who she shares her mind with, so it's like her evil second part of her, slash she's the evil one too. So anyways, long story short, both evil. They transform and they have this crazy-ass battle. Usagi summons strength from Serenity, does her thing, does her little heart spiral, heart attack, doesn't do anything. Chibiusa's like, ah, my turn, nothing. So Usagi's like, everyone, lend me your power. And they do. Yes. (laughs) So... In the middle of the like the senshi fighting each other, right? Um, Cyprian and Pitlow like explain that the crystal that they're using amplifies the dark feelings and thoughts that are already in people's hearts, which is why those senshi turn against one another. And I like what it implies that, or I think it's interesting what it implies that it doesn't work on Usagi because that means that you know she doesn't have any of those those malignant feelings at that time right that means she's gotten over whatever she was feeling with chibiusa and even like mamaru like she's just she just wants everyone to get along i like that actually yeah she feels she's feeling nothing also i think she might be a little fucking tired of saving the world every season yeah and she and she has to go to school and this is probably why she's failing Honestly, now that you mention it, it turns out that makes sense. Extracurricular activities. This isn't the extra- Why can't she put being a Sailor Senshi on her application to high school or college? Because you have to apply for, I think, your high schools, if I'm not mistaken. And you gotta take a whole ass exam. I think because it's probably not legally recognized in Japan as a soldier class. Sailor Moon becomes Super Sailor Moon, and the brooches on the Sailor Senshi also get an upgrade. They all change to hearts, which I love. Yes, and I don't care if it's cheesy. There are some things where I'm like, that was really cheesy, but this one, I don't care if it's cheesy. The reason that the Silver Crystal is so strong and like its power is so infinite and it's warm, it's because it's full of love, right? And I don't care if it's cheesy again, like... It's about how love is an infinite resource, I think is the message, and I just think that's great. Like, the senshi, including the outer senshi, everyone gives some of their power to Sailor Moon, and not only does she become stronger and Super Sailor Moon because of it, like, their love all multiplies, right? It grows. They're not lessened for having given some of their power. All of them, their brooches transform because they get stronger because love together makes more love no i love that i love you love that love that but i do because and we've talked in the past few episodes about how we love like the the transformation and like my favorite thing was the uh transformation pen where you could just put on any costume you wanted and i love when she takes that pen out and she's like yeah what am i gonna be today am i a reporter let's go i love those fun little bits from the original anime 
And I love when they get upgrades to the outfits together and then combined with kind of some of what you're saying, right? And what I was saying about that antagonism between the outer senshi and them not knowing if Usagi is worthwhile to pledge to, but also Hotaru and also season one with Sailor V, like you said, like they were doing things alone because they thought they had to be alone. They didn't think that there was another way. And it turns out they're better and stronger together that they can all lend some of their power to Usagi and all benefit. That's great. That's fucking great, dude. Friendship's magic. I fucking love it. I love you. I love them. I wish I had a cool brooch. Why don't you I give can, me a cool brooch? Yeah, what I was the like, I can, fuck? I can do that. I can do that. Um, I will do that as an emblem of our magical. Yeah. Oh my god, you pledge to me, Bunhead. I pledge. Wow. Um, I will bend the knee, McQueen. <laughs> oh my god, McQueen's serenity. Uh. But yeah, no, I, I like, cause like that's the issue, right? Haruka's just fucking lonely. Yeah. They're all lonely, and they want to be friends, and. They've lived as soldiers for so long alone, without one another. And the five innocents she got to party. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And fail exams, or pass them, or eat, or get poisoned by Chibiusa. Oh, I meant in their past lives, but also Oh, yeah, that, that too. Yeah, no, they had, they had a lot of fun at the castle. That's true. The outer senshi were, you know, out, their past life probably does contribute here, yes. Yeah. They, they were probably like, what the fuck happened when Silver Millennium imploded? Because that was all right there with Earth. They were so far away. Ugh. Um, so, anyway, we get Usagi's new attack, Rainbow Moon Heartache. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, it, it so they defeat Cyprin and Pitlal. And Usagi actually asks the Outer Senshis as well to lend that power, right? To take down the rest of the enemies. And their talismans then tell them. They don't speak, they see through them, you know, they, they see the power and they manifest that into words in their brain. But the talismans tell the outer senshi to tell Yusagi the truth. I'm like, you should have just told her that. Mm. Anyways, whatever, whatever. So post-battle, they bring her back to their battle-worn apartment and they tell them about the death of the Silver Millennium and how they came here and how Saturn was awakened. They then explain yeah. that when Saturn awakens, it means the end has come. And we see a flashback where Saturn swings her silence glaive, the most bomb-ass, motherfucking, diggity-ass, amazing, just the glaive and the... the oh God, I wanted that glaive. Yeah. I wanted it every day of my life. I can't even... I'm getting distracted because I want the glaive. I want it. I mean, the grip that, like, Sailor Saturn with her cool sleeves and her cool special brooch that looks like the star seeds. Oh, it's or, so like, the soul cool. seeds or whatever yeah. from the original anime. Like, And then her cool earrings and her cool lace-up boots, like... I don't know. The grip that Sailor the, Saturn had on, like, me on everyone. Me, yeah. The I got... Uh, Sailor Saturn had bangs, so I had bangs. Um, The, like, absolute... That was me with Cora. I cut my <laughs> hair. <laughs> when Cora got around, I was like, should I cut my hair? I was I was an adult by then, too. Oh, anyways. Uh, that, that combo of... Wow. That combo of that deep fuchsia, and or not fuchsia, that deep violet, right? That deep purple with yes. that deep cranberry color and the black, or the cranberry and black like accents, like those together were great. They just itched my aesthetic. Ugh, I love it. I fucking love it. So- did you did you see in the manga Takeuchi um, put in a little sketch of one of the designs that she had been playing around with for Saturn and like the brooch had been like you know uh 
the orb with like kind of a planet ish around it. Um, oh, like yeah, the, the little ring that. around it. And the save was like, I don't know, it was pronounced save. And anyway, I don't actually know how to pronounce this word. Turns out it looks like glaive. So that's probably it. But um, it, it wasn't that in that design. It was a weird squiggly thing. I don't know what it was. Oh, you're going to have to send me that offline, because I'd like to see that. I didn't... But she, yeah. it was still purple. She was still purple. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Um, uh, are you going to explain what Cyprian and Pitlaw's names mean? Because I I was looking forward to your segments. I'm sorry. Yes, I guess I didn't <laughs> come back to this. So I can do that for you, Eliana. Cyprian is derived from the Latin cuprum and Greek cuprinos for copper. Copper is oh, what usually gives minerals cool. their blue color, right? So you think of like a penny turning kind of green blue, <gasps> right? Little Abe. So it, it, that's the red and blue. It's the red and the blue. It's that's the rust so cool. of the copper turning to the blue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And pitlol is the mineral pitlolite, which is referring to a couple of different minerals. I'm not really worried about that one. Cyprine makes sense. That's, there you go. That's your fucking penny turning blue. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, I don't know. I just I got used to like instead of your fashion corner, your I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Corner. I'll come so. back to your minerals. I, <laughs> in part two, I promise that I will continue any mineral okay. analysis that we still need, but we might be done. We'll see. We'll see. Cool, cool. So basically, as you said, right, when Saturn awakens, destruction happens. We see a flashback as she swings the silence glaive and I was explaining Sailor Saturn to my partner, who's like, who is this? She seems cool. And I'm like, she only has one power, and it's destroy planet. <laughs> <laughs> she only has one. She she is a hammer, and everything everywhere is all nails. That's Eat it. hot chip, destroy planet. That's all yeah. girls want to do. That's all they want to do. Actually, though, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Um, and so... Uranus puts forth a task that we're going to talk about in full in part two. They must kill Sailor Saturn before she is manipulated and ends the world with her powers. Of course, Chibusa no likey that idea. That's a problem. Usagi no likey either. Uh, and that's why the Outer Senshi have refused to work with them this whole time, because their means and methods, they have their own mission to save the world. So off the Outer Senshi fuck. The Yusos are very sad, and meanwhile, Saturn is being possessed and influenced by the Deathbusters to become one of the sickest villains of all Sailor Moon, Mistress Nine. And here she is. Oh, my God, oh yes. no. And she's captured the silver crystal off Chibiusa and has taken her soul. Dun dun dun. With her hair. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was intense. It was very cool. And yeah, we're going to come back to this. It's a hell of a mid-season place to stop, too. It's a big, here's your cliffhanger moment, guys. Till next time. You're right. Actually, this is a hell of a mid-season moment. You're right. Like, this is quite a, you know, things are deepening. Great job. Not Chibi Yusa. Oh, my God. Naoko. No, no, I'm sorry. I meant our our beloved author, Takeuchi Nako. No, yeah, but I'm saying, like, oh, my God, no. No, not my daughter. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried about that girl. I told you someone should have been watching her. She's going to get taken. They say after 24 hours, it's like, it's not likely you get your soul back. (laughs) How much time does pass between all of that? I actually do not know. It seems like a fucking week, honestly, but we could talk about that another time. 
I don't know how much time passes, but yeah. Um, how much time is going to pass for all of you? Probably about a month, because we're gonna be back with part two in September, because we decided to split this, because, you know, people split split arcs and chapters and episodes of things all the time, and we thought we could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come on back and tune in next month. We will return with Sailor Moon Season 3 Part 2. This was Part 1, and of course... Uh, in the meantime, please check out our main podcast, our A Song of Ice and Fire reread, read through, where we go through POV by POV character, chapter by chapter. We are currently on Arya Stark, who is a very magical girl to us, so tune into that. And also make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon, where you can get bonus episodes in the Stranger tier and above and access to our private Discord server in the Thunder tier and above, uh, as well as kind of events and fun stuff happening over there. So check that out. Yeah. If you're more into like the whole Girls Rock thing, our Patreon episode this month is about Do Revenge, which is a movie uh, that we very much love. Hilarious. Completely different vibe from Sailor Moon. Still very fun. Great fashion, if that's something that you are into and full of villains it is full of villains it is full of villains and maybe people turning against one another and then becoming friends and f the friendship between girls i think is actually very important yeah this, magical gay friendship movie. actually yeah no literally though so yeah. check it out but a lot of other things are very different <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening in. Be sure to follow, subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And we look forward to finishing up season three with you next month. Yeah. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I have been another one of your hosts, Eliana. <sighs> oh uh, my god. Part two is about to be. So part two is about to be. Everyone. Get ready. And actually, you can use this time to watch the original anime if you wanted. Yeah. Just yeah, thought. you have a month. You have a month, nerds. I've already spoiled it, it all. <laughs> we'll see you next <laughs> month.